All right, so let's make it plain. Welcome back to the Make It Plain Wayne podcast, where we will entertain, we will heal, and we will build you up. I am Wayne, and this is Elevated Friendship. So, you can tell a lot about somebody by their friends. So I was just thinking, like, why is that so true? And and how deep does that apply? And uh, uh, how is it, you know, that that statement can be so accurate? Then I got to thinking, you know, an, an even deeper sentiment, an even deeper statement that um, that those friends are really just a version of yourself. And um, in that like-mindedness and those common denominators, um, whether it's a football team and like the group of friends are of completely different color and tones, like, you know, you've got a friend that's Asian, a friend that's black, a friend that's Native American, a friend that's white, a friend that's, you know, Latin um, or, or uh, Mexican. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's like they they're, they represent like in, in a visual sense, they might represent, you know, however different versions of each other. And like. <laughs> I had a, uh, this is really funny, um, comedian, uh, Kathy Griffin. Um, of course, she got in a lot of hot water <laughs> with Trump um, uh, earlier, you know, for basically what she was uh, uh, mocking the president. Um, but she had a stand up where she had kind of broken it down, and I'm paraphrasing, but she had kind of went along the lines of saying, like, there's the, you know, there's the bitchy girl. The smart girl, the good girl, the, you know, loose or slutty girl, and then the outsider. And she was like, girls, check amongst yourselves. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, 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 no. That's, um, that like really kind of confines people. Because if you look at like shows like Mean Girls, there was four of them. And you can tell which one they fit. Or sometimes you take on a dual nature, a dual role. You could be the outsider and the smart one or a combination of the others. So <laughs> you just never know, you know, who you're really dealing with until, you know, you sit down and and talk to these people, these boys, these girls, these group of friends and, you know, hear them out, feel them out. And that's I think that's also the thing. Are they in the process of trans, you know, transforming into another uh, a level, another characteristic? Or are they just going to stick with what they are? And then like <clears throat> with guys, um, with guys, there's like the sensitive or good boy, you know, then there's the violent one. Then there's like the the player, Mac Daddy, you know, always, always trying to, you know, get on some girl. Um, then there's that dumb one, you know, <laughs> and, you know, it's like Cole and Martin or Kramer and Seinfeld or uh, uh, the, the classic jock character that everybody uses as muscle. You know, he's just he's just a, a strong body that doesn't <laughs> he, he really isn't deeply cognitive. Um, then the last one, the weird one, that's like me. It's like you got these these group of friends, they're football players, and you know, he's the one that 
does yoga <laughs> or he's in theater or martial arts. You know, it's like it's just like a little bit off where everybody else is saying steak and, and uh, 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 steak and potatoes. This guy's saying sushi or salmon, please. <laughs> um, so you never know. And <clears throat> these variations of ourselves are uh, uh, maybe one of, um, if not the most necessary things in life for your own personal growth. Um, But sometimes it's good to be around those friends um, because in the multitude of counsel, there is safety Um, to kind of see how people respond to things. Like, like you say, for example, if you have me and my friends and I'm saying, you know, turn the other cheek. Well, my friends are going to see that I turned all four cheeks and they're going to say it's time to backhand somebody. <laughs> so you just don't know. You you never know. Looking at a scenario, looking at a situation, what key, what chord on the piano that situation or that scenario will strike. And it, it's actually good to approach it as a team to see what everyone, you know, does. Yeah, one of my favorite examples in comparing guys is um it's like that that three peat or or yeah, three peat Bulls team where you finally had uh Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, uh Kerr, Harper, um, you know, coached by uh um uh, Phil Jackson. And now Phil Jackson, I mean, if you wanted a Hall of Fame basketball coach, like I could easily say he's mine. Um, Then you have like Greg Popovich. And what these guys have essentially done as coaches is take this mindset of, you know, you are your friends. And, you know, you can tell a lot about people by their friends. They've taken that mindset and applied it to a team. Um, because you have to look at the individuals and what most people don't realize about a man like Dennis Rodman. He's got a lot of emotional baggage, a lot of issues. You know, you don't just walk off the court and drink excessively or do cocaine or any of that stuff. If you don't have some kind of, you know, hurt and some pain, um, because that the money doesn't make any of that stuff go away. Sometimes it amplifies it because, it's an enabler. You don't have anybody checking you. Um, the only thing checking you is life and gravity. <laughs> so to have a guy like Dennis Rodman, who was such a loose cannon, I mean, he married himself. He's wearing dresses. He's in drag. He's walking down the street with Carmen Electra, as beautiful as, as she is. And nobody's even looking at her because of what he's wearing. Like, the girl's gorgeous. Um, so you got a guy like that. But then you have arguably the most popular basketball player to ever live. And this is before social media in Michael Jordan. So how would they line up? So I'm I'm just going to go down the list here. I'm actually doing this as we're talking. And uh, uh, let me see. Rodman... Uh, let's see, Rodman, Jordan, 
Pippin, uh, Kerr, and let's say Harper. I'm just going to put them randomly into these roles. Let's say that Pippin is a sensitive good boy. Now, the reason why I can actually throw him into this role, if you look at the the last dance, um, if you've watched that uh, breakdown, it's a beautiful, beautiful documentary um, that it leaves out a very important piece. I'm not going to tell you what that piece is, but there's a specific player that they left out, and I'll leave you to do your research on that for uh, the last dance. Um, but let's say that Pippin is that sensitive good boy. Well, he grew up in a family of, it's like, yeah, you know, multiple people. So he's got like all these people, um, in his family. He's like one of like seven brothers and loved his mom, loved his dad. And, and so much of what he did was for his family. Like he was that sensitive good boy. It was so much of it was for his family. Then if you make Dennis Rodman the violent one, well, where does violence come from? It comes from trauma. It comes from damage. It comes from uh, uh, unresolved issues. Um, in, in society, you know, we create these monsters, and then we oh 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 look at him. You know, we we get all all tight in the chest. Not realizing we created these monsters, these violent ones, and um, we just let them go out into the world. <laughs> we try to, me- oh, you medicate them, <laughs> you put them in an insane asylum, or you shoot them. Those are our remedies. <laughs> Nobody ever, you know, uh, uh, takes the the philosophical or high road and, you know, tries to sit down and, and talk some sense into them. You know, they just, they want to rush. Um, they want to rush the garden, rush the forest for the trees. Um, but yeah, you can call Dennis Rodman the violent one. You can call Jordan the player, you know, because, you know, he was so penetrative. Um, that's a word I made up. Penetrative. <laughs> so driven, so focused, always trying to score, always trying to mack. And like, I'm not saying anything about him and women because, I mean, for all I know, he was married to the same woman until they divorced. But I'm saying, like, in, in his player mode, usually players, Mac Daddies, guys that like to play the field, they're unstoppable. They have an aura. They have a tone to them where women seek them. Women like them. And women are almost enamored and in love with them. The minute they lock eyes and just start talking like I I had a good friend of mine tell me one time all he needs is eye contact from a woman and he knows he knows he's in her head. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And that's Jordan. That's Jordan. The dumb one, the ogre, the Cole Kramer jock. I can't really call anybody that. Um, so we'll just say the, you know, silent one, I'll, you know, like a silent you know, person. Um, and maybe you can say that was, that was Ron Harper. Um, excellent player, uh, points, assist, all that. And then you got like the weird one. You got the weird one that does things a little bit different. It does things off, but you can depend on them. 
Um, in, in this, that weird one would be Steve Kerr. Now, what I didn't know, which you would not know as a kid, there's no way you can know this, but Steve's Kerr's dad was like killed. It was like a violent, hard death. And, um, you know, Steve Kerr is, is not too much younger, um, than my parents. So when they're talking and interviewing his mom and, and all this, I'm like, wow, like, He's lived a long time without his dad. So how do they connect? What connects them? What's the bond? Well, what most people don't realize is you don't just walk into the NBA. It takes something special. It takes something different. Um, not just genetics. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of guys. I'll say 98% of the college athletes, 98% of the college athletes that seek to enter the NBA do not. Of the NBA and NFL, only 2% of those guys are going to make it. So it's like, it's a really funny thing to think about. Wow, only 2%? So what is that driving factor? What is that common denominator for everyone to have it all together? Well, number one, You've got to be physically able. I think that's easy. You look at these guys and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, okay, like I'm 6'5". I'm, I'm, if I'm 6'3", between 6'3 and 6'6", and six, six, obviously I can be somebody's point guard or guard, you know, one guard or two guard. If I'm, you know, 6'8 a, a or taller, you know, any, any, anywhere between 6'6 six, six and 6'8 and six, or 6'7, like obviously I'd be a good forward for anybody. And if I'm seven feet taller or above, then yeah, I'll, I'll be somebody's center. Like, great. Like the physical portion, you would think that'd be the toughest, but that's like the easiest qualifier. The next qualifier is their basketball IQ, like what they actually do with the ball and then scoring. Because like a guy that just shoots all the time, that's Carmelo Anthony. Like anybody can just shoot and make it all the time if they hone and, and intensify that ability. But what about the other things? So they've got to have a basketball IQ and be able to score. Last but not least, so of course you got the body, you got the brains, you got the you know body, the brains, the efficiency. So body, brains, efficiency. And then the last thing is the locker room. <laughs> the last thing is the locker room. This is where I believe your real uh, um, friendship abilities are tested in the locker room. And this is something that when people really understand, if you really understand this, you are unstoppable. Great coaches understand this. You can tell a lot about people by their friends is a mindset that every coach understands. They don't take any, I don't want to say excuses, but they don't take this lightly. They understand that the mindset and the tone has to be set very quickly to get everybody on the same page so you understand like all you've got is each other. The only way you'll succeed is with each other. Understand your differences, understand your strengths and weaknesses, know each other's strengths and weaknesses. Understand that. 
Understand, you are all you've got. If we're losing, we lose. Not the guy that missed the shot. We all missed because the position we put him in made him miss the shot. And then he missed the shot. Or same thing on a, on a football play. I mean, you got all these, it's like, uh, uh, all these men on the field, like <laughs> you've got you've got more men in an in an, in a single offense or defense than you have on the floor at one time in a football game or in a basketball game. I'm sorry. So the same number of people you have on the on the court, almost including refs, is that of a, a an offense or a defense. So, <laughs> um. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny to find out what molds them together, what makes them uh, uh, one. And in the same game, the same scenario, they're wearing the, the, the same team jerseys, uh, the same colors, the same brand, but they're, they're going to respond to things different. And I, I think that's one of the most valuable things of friendship is seeing how your friends respond to things, how they respond to politics, how they respond to an election, how they respond to certain types of food, certain types of women, certain childhood raising tactics, um, marriage advice, health tips, food. <laughs> so when they say you can tell a lot about people by their friends, it's it's really just a thread that you can pull on. And after you pull on that thread, you're like, oh, that's what you've got in your friendship. So you're like, oh, OK, like, it, OK, think about this. Like if one of my friends speaks Russian, you're like, whoa, that's what that's what kind of friendships these are. Now, if one of my friends uh, <laughs> like say a kid has like survived a, a, a gunshot wound or whatever. Now, if I have two friends like that, they're going to be like, so these kids go where there's gunshots. It, it's like a direct conclusion. Now, say I have two friends. If you guys know the character, uh, Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If I have two friends that dress like Carlton and I walk into the mall with him, people are going to look at the three of us and be like, oh, well, it must be this guy's laundry day because he's not wearing his loafers and uh, cardigan tied at the top, which my wife hates, um, tied at the top <laughs> and wearing, you know, these nice pressed khakis and this, you know, polo. And then they see me and my flip flops and my, uh, you know, Nike swoosh <laughs> shorts and, you know, my little V-neck tee. Um, they're gonna be like, well, well, okay, I guess he's okay. You know, it's like, he's obviously these guys got some money or something like, People draw those conclusions. People draw those assumptions. So then let's go to the ladies. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's say you got, you know, two ladies that walk in with dreads and Gucci purses, and they've got these nice dre uh, dresses on and, uh, you know, heels. They'd be like, God, like, whoa, what is this, Wakanda? And then you see the third one is a redhead wearing flip-flops, and uh, a sundress, and we're like, um, hold on, like, wait, wait. So, the, the black women have the dreads and the dresses, the Gucci purses and the high heels, but the redhead 
has on a sundress and flip-flops. Like, are they friends? Well, obviously, they got to be cool. They came together. Like, it confuses people so much when they have to do some actual mental work. Where what if they've been best friends since, like, third grade? (laughs) And the redhead is going to get her uh, uh, pedicure done. So that's why she's got the flip-flops on. Otherwise, she'd have a dress on and a Gucci purse with the two black women with the dreads and the heels. They just are going to go go do lunch and this was her break so she wanted to go get the pedicures and bring her friends along so they can t- tell stories. So, you know, you never know what people are doing, but we draw these conclusions and it's like sometimes you do actually have to do some work. But like I said, sometimes it's good to see how your friends respond to other scenarios so you can kind of sit and learn where if if Say you're the sensitive one and you take a lot of beating and punishment. It might be good for you to see what your friend does that's violent to get people off his chest. Or the woman, if it's a, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think if you all know me and you've heard enough of my podcast, you understand, like, I actually have no place for the, the people condemning the black woman, the loud black woman. Because like I said earlier, when you understand who the violent one is, the loud one is in the group, they didn't get there alone. Like somebody created that monster. If you don't understand Frankenstein's monster and all the things that he did to create Frankenstein's monster, monster's name is not Frankenstein. The scientist's name is Frankenstein. The monster is a monster created to be that way. So, like, that's one of the things. Like, when when you see what the loud black woman or the, the, the loud argumentative white guy is saying, and that's your best friend, sometimes it's good to just sit and take notes and just sit and understand Wow, this is how you get a bully up off of you. This is how you get somebody to stop leaving you alone. And you you say to your friend, man, I don't know how you talk to people like that. Like, I'd be fired in two minutes if I said something like that to my boss. Or, girl, I don't know how you uh I don't know how you talk to people like this. If I talk to my whoever like this, I know I'd be fighting out in the streets. I know it'd be over. My mom would 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 disown me my dad would disown me my family would never talk to me again and sometimes it's good to see them do that and vice versa like sometimes if you have um you know that friend that's nerdy (laughs) if you're the loud one the aggressive one if you're the player um um you know and and you're a little rough around the edges sometimes i hate to say it it's good to watch your friend that's sensitive suffer a little bit because you're like, that's why. This is why I act the way I do. Because here's this man, here's this woman that has this open heart, this loving, good, and blessed heart that the world just uses as a trash can. They just dump all their mess into it because they can. They won't even stop and look, you know, and learn and listen. Or, Sometimes it can be some growth where you see that they are a diamond. And yes, the world just looked at them as nasty black coal. So, okay, 
okay, cool. Like, yeah, I'm a lump of coal. I've been a lump of coal since you've known me, since the third grade. I've been a lump of coal. But when I turn around and turn into this diamond, please don't be surprised. And guess what? Because I like being this diamond. (laughs) I like being this diamond. When I turn around and see that you've had my back this whole time, and I come up on some money, (laughs) this is what I'm saying. Like, people don't realize, like, if you level up and choose your friends the right way, you can turn around and look and see that the good one, the aggressive one, the violent one, the, the slutty one, the player, the dumb one, the outsider, the weird one, you can actually see where they have helped you and made your life better. So when you come up, y'all all come up. Like I had a friend from Florida explain that to me. And he's like, tell you right now, bud, cuz, can tell you right now, cuz, we come up, we all come up, cuz. And I'm like, I'm like, how is that possible? But this is a this was a friend of mine, this was a man, he was like, We if I come up, we all come up, cuz, we all come up. I'm like, how is that possible? Well, he understood early on that I have to be the violent one sometimes. The aggressive one, sometimes the loud one, sometimes the angry, itchy one, sometimes. So that you can't see how sensitive I am. But when I get on and I level up, we all level up. Now, that's if you've been good to me. And I'm seeing this now. I am. Oh, I could cry tears because I've seen this now because I'm I'm almost 40. <laughs> so I've been to the 10 year and the 20 year reunion now. So now. If I'm around kids in high school, junior high or whatever, I can look at them, just tell you. In 10, 20 years, you will be crying miserably because of how you're acting. Making fun of that girl making fun of that boy. Like you want to call him names and and call him nerdy and whatever. That's the kid that's going to build the new iPhone. He's going to have more money than God. (laughs) Or you want to make fun of that girl right there and push her down the stairs. She's going to have stupid blessings. People are going to turn around and come to her for help. And she's going to be the one handing out Groupons of life. (laughs) Like she's going to be the one handing out Groupons of life, helpful pieces of life. So your real friends, like that's that's what's so, so awesome about this. Anybody that I was talking to 20 years ago that knows me and loves me and we're still around to this day. I can't wait to help them because. Like, let's just tell it. They might have fought somebody for me. (laughs) If 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 they've actually physically fought someone for me or stood in between someone. Because my friends know me, I can be a little uptight. I can be be a little bit. Oh, no, I don't want I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to. No, oh my God. No. (laughs) You know, Kevin, first of all, I tell you one thing. First of all, (laughs) I'm not going to go around starting fights with people because that's not my style. (laughs) Problems. Pineapples. 
So my friends that really know me know it's like when you start drinking and you let go, you're you're really vulnerable. You're really open. So it really takes a true friend and somebody that really cares about you to have your back and and be your guardian. And also, you know, for those friends that are are like stone, they're like a rock. And anything that runs into them will <clears throat> will meet demise. You know, it's like you crash into a rock or a wall. That's that's on you. People know that, but they have to test it. I got a grenade launcher. Well, the second you launch that, it's going to create an avalanche that's going to cave in on you. Now, it, it's the same way with wealth. Some people understand this principle so well that they apply it to wealth. And they say, well, you know, if you can tell a lot about friends by the company they keep, I'll just start relating to and meeting people and associating with people that can sew into my business no matter what we do. So I'm going to meet at this club or form this group or form this alliance. And we're just going to stay in money. (laughs) I'm, you know, I'm the owner of... I don't know, a mall. And I am best friends with the the big box high end retailers that are in that mall. And I happen to also be best friends with, you know, the, the developers that develop, you know, malls and lands like this. Um, So if I need to build another mall and fill some stores in it and, you know, rent out the space, like I already, I already know the people I need to talk to already. We've we've already signed that and got that done. Everybody below us is going to work for us and make sure that, you know, the rent is paid each month for the the Yonkers and Macy's and Hollister and Finish Line and Foot Locker that move in. Um, You can do it spiritually, um, you know, church, synagogue, uh, mass, Catholic mass, uh, the, the temple, if you're a Muslim, um, <laughs> like if you are, are like an astrologer, astronomy, you know, people, I, I don't imagine people that are in witchcraft will hang out with Christians. And I don't imagine that people that are, you know, doing yoga are going to be doing the sun salute in front of a a Jewish synagogue. You know, as you get older, you find your way to this. But the thing is, you have to be smart about it because um, I I learned this from a good friend of mine. You you can't have people in your circle that are rooting against you. That, that bitterness, that, mm, I guess it's okay if they got a new house. I guess it's okay if they got a new car. I guess when they're so bitter that they can't praise you when you level up, but you're supposed to go and praise them and level up. I've seen this. You have to cut them off. I hate to say it that way, but you got to, as another friend told me, you have to feed them out of a long handled spoon. It's sad and and a little scary, but um, you have to kind of distance yourself and people do it with family. Like ah, every time they come around, they're asking for money or every time they come around, they're asking us to, you know, babysit or ah, every time they come around, all they all they want, all they want me to do is is produce their music or, or you know, my my uncle knows I'm a plumber. 
but he doesn't have to ask me to fix stuff at his business all the time. Like, hey, hey, can you fix this this thing? Hey, can you fix this? We 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 got this, you know. My 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 uncle owns a water park and he knows I'm a plumber and he's always asking me to do free work. It's like those kind of scenarios. People learn how to feed people out of a long-handled spoon. Or like, well, maybe I'll just move. <laughs> I'll just move to Las Vegas where I know all the plumbing is easy and everybody has to come and come and see me and you got to pay me to come out and use my services. So uh, clubs and groups are the same. You know, you, you can forge and make a club or a group um, like, a, you know, fantasy, you know, football. If all of you, you know, love the Chiefs or love the Patriots or you're crazy like me and you're a Falcons fan. Um, you can sit and have a group and, you know, form a bond. You know, you're going to have Husker parties. You're going to watch the Hawkeye games or, you know, these Big Ten games that should be coming back. Um, <laughs> you can do that. And then from there, you know, you branch out and, you know, get to learn each other, get to know each other a little bit better. And, and you see how, you know, you all respond to certain things. And, and during, you know, the, the first down and the second down or, uh, no, during, uh, like halftime, you guys are talking, you know, Oh, I, I didn't know your kids play soccer. Yeah. 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 Well, my daughter plays soccer or, you know, I, I didn't know you're, you're, you know, kids play the piano or whatever. And, you know, you you start to kind of talk about those things and develop and, and grow a little bit. Um, but that's the, the, the one thing that I love about that whole assumption is if you've got good people around you and they're helping you level up and they're 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 bold enough to tell you, I disagree with you and this is where you're wrong. But smart enough to, you know, still say, I'm your friend. I love you. I care about you. This is why I'm saying it. You're going to go places. And I have those friends. Well, they'll check you. They'll be like, uh-uh. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's too much for you, Wayne. Like, you, uh-uh. Like, why are you doing so many things? Like, you have the mind to achieve all these things. But, like, you're hoarding all these things. Like, just go get something done. Like, you're amazing when you get things done. But, like. Just go get these things done. Like, you don't need to be doing that. You don't need to be, uh, uh, I don't know, trying to mow everybody's lawn. Like, I know you're a nice guy, but, like, these people that can't mow their lawns need to pay somebody to do that. These old ladies, you don't need to walk old ladies. You should walk old ladies across the street. But a good friend would be like, they need to call their parents, Wayne. They need to, or they need to call their, you know, kids and somebody, uh, uh, a caregiver to do that. That's not your job. So, you know, your your good, violent, outspoken, brash friends will tell you out of out of love because they might not be sensitive like you. And in your weird one, your weird friends will say, hmm. You've been doing all this. And what has it gotten you? Are they paying you? Or how are you paid? Do you pay yourself? Is this something that rewards you? Does this help you with your family? Does this help you with your time? You know, and I mean, those outsiders can hit you in the in the gut when you're <laughs> it's like when you're breathing heavy. It's like all you've done is run uphill. And when you, once you get to the top of that hill, those weird outsider friends, they'll say something to you to stick with you like, hmm, you did all that for them. 
You don't have any food in your closet. <laughs> you did you did all that for them and they didn't even take care of you. Where, where, where's where's their maximum effort for you? And it's not to like play games and rattle you up, but like, you know, the good one will, you know, actually say something along the lines of, you know, that's really good that you did that, Wayne, but you know, you need to you need to make sure you're taking care of home. The player will say, Hey, you know, where the ladies at? <laughs> or, you know, the 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 girl version of that, you know, I think there's cute guys around here. <laughs> I seen I seen this guy over here, he was fine. I'm gonna bring him some chocolate. No, I don't wanna I, I don't wanna help him with his yard work. I want the man. <laughs> so it's like everyone will have their way of exposing themselves and showing their true self to you that are your friends. If it's not going to harm you, if it's not going to hurt you in life and they're not going to attack you and and cross you and they just want to be there and be a part of your life, that is a great friendship. That is a great friendship. So I personally love when it works in your favor. You know, I love when the relationship works in your favor. So You know, be careful with how you choose your friends, because, yes, your friends can say a lot about you. And I'm just hoping that, you know, when people are saying whatever they're saying about you, it is, you know, a a good tone. They are good friends. You know, things. Ah, yeah. You know, Wayne. Wayne's good friends with, uh, you know, Denzel Washington's family or. Yeah, Wayne's good friends with Tay Diggs family or yeah, Wayne um yeah, Wayne's good friends with Angela Bassett. <laughs> you know, good people, good people. Or oh yeah, Wayne um uh Wayne's good friends. I'm I'm listing actors cuz they're they're fun. Oh yeah, Wayne's good friends with Uma Thurman like after uh, her Kill Bill movie, um she signed his samurai sword and they've been good friends ever since and every year they go and uh you know, do a drive to heat to, to feed uh, the homeless or, oh, yeah, Wayne is um, good friends with uh, Robert Downey Jr. You know, after the first Iron Man, he went to a signing and had him sign a, a helmet and they started talking about track and field. And Robert Downey Jr. is a big uh, hurdles fan and, and he taught Robert Downey Jr. how to hurdle. It's like all these things that people can say about you when you associate with a certain type of person. They're not always going to be good because like, yeah, if I was friends with like Harvey Weinstein, I was always over his house, you know, eating Twizzlers and, and drinking and all that because he kept inviting me over. Maybe he's just inviting me over to pull in my influence now. You know, it's like people don't think about that. Like it it, it does go another way. Sometimes people are so bad at this that they start to find ways to manipulate and bring good people around them. So they can attract good people to either take advantage of or attract good people just to have that good energy. It's like, I don't know if you've ever done anything wrong or if you ever hurt anybody. But when you've hurt people enough, you just lose that ability. People just stop coming around you. They just stop talking to you. And it's hard. Like, it is hard when you when you feel that like silence. It's like everybody just like backs away from you and you're like in prison. But you can drive down the street. You can talk to people, but nobody will talk to you. It's like, God, man, come on. Like, what did I do? And you're just blotted out. It's like you're, you're blotted out of the book of names, the book of life. 
And you're like, man, like, what do I got to do to get back on? Like, all right. So that's my prayer. That's my wish for you is that when people talk about you and talk about your friends, that they have good things to say because um, you can't avoid all that drama. Like stuff happens, you know, if your friend is texting and driving and hit somebody and it becomes a big case. Now you're associated with that friend that was texting and driving. So you got to make a choice. Do you stand by them and, and, you know, go and apologize at the hospital to the family or the, the kid or the mom that's injured? Or if they finally pass, do you completely cut yourself off from them? Like people have had to do stuff like this. And like, look at some of these celebrities when they're tied to some damage or some issues like they got to they got to get on a, a Twitter and Facebook and social media and, and publicly cut them off and be like, I do not agree with this. I do not condone with this. I do not associate with this. I did not know. Now, they can say they did not know, but somebody might have told them a couple times. They just like their parties or like hanging out. But that's all I'm saying is that's my prayer. My wish for you is that when you level up and you've got your friends around you, that when people say you can tell a lot about you know, people by the friends that they keep, that you have you have good people around you. That does not mean Captain America's. That's not life. You don't you don't just get a whole bunch of Captain America's that will wear everybody out. That's that's not real. Um, You're going to have some Thor's. You're going to have some some T'Challa's, some some Black Panther's. You're going to have some Iron Men. You're going to have some Black Widows. You're going to have a Nick Fury trying to pull you all together. You're going to have a Hulk. You're going to have a Captain Marvel, you know. Um, you're going to have a Shuri who's more intelligent than all of them. You're going to have them. You're going to have your uh, Dora Milaje's, you know. You're going to have them, but it, it's not going to be as as neatly pricked and picked as, as a carton of eggs um, or a, you know, two Reese's in a pod. Like it, it's not going to be that simple. Um, that's just not life. So, you know, level up, level well, and just be there for each other. Understand that you are all you got and be in there for the win. And and that's uh, the most beautiful thing. I'm, I'm going to cut this off here. That's the most beautiful thing is when you all understand that you're trying to achieve a goal, but you understand that the the mind, the body, and the soul of whomever you're dealing with in that friendship, in that bond, need to level up too. You you can't have a, 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 a 18-year-old mind throughout all life. You don't get to keep an 18-year-old body all through life. And the spirituality and the mindset and the heart and the love that you have at 18, you don't keep that your whole life. It has to grow up. It has to level up. When I see people that refuse to level up in one of those areas, it always kind of makes me sad because I'm like, wow, they got hurt so bad in something or chose to be ignorant in something where they didn't grow. Or were they a created monster or did they turn into a monster? I don't know. All right. You all, I'm getting lit up, blown up, emails, phone calls, all this stuff. So I'm going to get going. Please like, love, and share these messages. I love you all. I hope you love me back. I'll see you soon.